Hey guys, this is D. Williams with This Comics Life. On this episode, we're going to be talking about why getting hit in the nuts is so funny, what's the deal with hot chicks and their shitty personalities, and is it possible to convince someone that you're a transgendered man? All on this week's episode of This Comics Life. Let's check it out. again this comics life i'm your host d williams this is the only podcast that goes over week by week of my open mics this is definitely a good episode right off the bat i will tell you i do not bomb there are a few laughs not just a few but i'd say even a few chortles and guffaws (laughs) thank you all again for tuning in this week is uh once like i said very cool uh I was, uh, yeah, just getting into the groove of things, and uh, I do not, uh, I I will say, I am not too shabby. Anyway, uh, what should we get Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Should I get into it right off the bat? I should because I just played it, and it got me thinking, man, Guns N' Roses, what a band. I I didn't think that they were going to be something to... You know, that was going to last the test of times. And apparently, uh, a lot of people were in the same sentiment as me because they were confused and bewildered when they heard that they were going to be on uh, Coachella's lineup. And apparently, I guess they were pretty good. I did not see them. Uh, I'm just surprised that uh, Axl Rose uh, still went on stage even though he was out of commission. He was, you know, fucked up, had some foot injury, and decided to take Dave's girl's uh, throne or whatever. And I guess this is just a, a thing that uh, musicians do now is they just, uh, you know, break their foot and decide, well, I'll, I'll, the show must go on, so I'll just sit on a, a chair and, and, and ride this one out. Kudos to those two who have done uh, stellar performances thus far without having uh, to say, fuck you guys, no more concerts, my foot is not good. (laughs) But thinking about Axl Rose just a little bit, it is weird. He has such range, and I think his range has to do all with his balls. Because the beginning of uh, his singing, you can just hear the balls tightening, and he gets up to those high notes where, how won't you please let me home? That's just the balls getting clenched and tightened. But then, once he gets into his lower range, it sounds like he's putting a pair of balls in his mouth because it sounds like the, like if you hear that song, uh, knocking on heaven's door. 
he'll do it in the same song where both ranges will be played, and it it's amazing. So we'll go into this. Knock, knock, knock it on heaven's door. Hey, 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 hey. Knock, knock, knock it on heaven's door. And that's the beginning of, it's the the ebb and flow of the nuts. It's either getting clenched or it's getting put in your mouth. <laughs> Oh man! Another thing that's interesting about Guns N' Roses, oh man, is that last song, "Paradise City." Who doesn't want a, a Paradise City? You know, who doesn't want hot chicks and good infrastructure? I would definitely take that in my cities. <laughs> I want the girls are pretty and grass being green. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't care about anything else in my Paradise City. <laughs> uh, those are the priorities that I think Donald Trump is running on, is that he wants America to be the next Paradise City. Uh, there's going to be uh, there's gonna be only hot chicks and green grass. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Donald Trump or not. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, interesting. And not only that, in that song Paradise City, it's got... One little note, like, it's it's weird because I wonder if they were thinking about this when they were recording it, is that they were just doing those, those the you know, the, the guitar solo at the beginning and everything, and they're just rocking out, and they're just thinking to themselves, you know, this rocks and all, and this is pretty tight, but it needs something. It needs something that we just haven't had on the track yet. And then one guy just goes, how about a whistle? And then... I'm sure that was Slash. I'm sure Slash sounds like that on his off time or during the when the mics aren't on. He just sounds like this. What do you do? How you doing, Axel Rose? How about we have a whistle? Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, yes, that needs a whistle right at the end. Before we get into the, the second verse, we need a whistle right there. And then... After they recorded it and it became gold, they said, oh, shit, we need to now bring this whistle on tour with us. We got to have the guy that's holding a whistle. There's a roadie now that's specializing in whistle holding, and he has to now be in charge of getting the whistle to every gig and having who plays the whistle. Is it Slash? Is it Duff? Is it Axel? I want to know who's holding the whistle and who's waiting for that one moment in the whole show where they're like, all right, here it comes. Here it comes. Don't blow it. All right. Well, I mean, do blow it. Do. I mean, it's a whistle. You have to blow it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that it's like all now this song predicates on one little instrument and it has to be just this instrument. It's a unitasker. It's not like you can make that sound out of any other instrument. No, you need that. So now this roadie, what if he just as he was holding or giving it to him, he just drops it. And then Axl Rose just backhands him and goes, you idiot, you dropped the most important instrument in this whole show. <laughs> They're not going to know it's Guns N' Roses if we don't play that whistle on the right dime in Paradise City. <laughs> All right, I think I've uh, 
extenuated Paradise City and Axl Rose a little bit too long, but uh, we'll get into this uh, set that I've had of mine. It's another open mic that's, uh, oh, I'd say in the realm of the five to ten times. <laughs> so it's a good crowd, though. Uh, I, I feel like it was a, a decent young crowd. It was at a club called The Library over here in Long Beach, California, and it's right near the uh, College of Cal State Long Beach. And I would say that the, most of the crowd was probably college students. They did seem like they were studying. And I, I think they were confused that it was called the library because it was actually just a coffee shop. It's not actually a library. And they were trying to study and trying to, you know, use it as a library. But I wanted to tell them, like, this is just a funny name. It's not actually what it is. If you wanted to go to the actual library, it's down the street. <laughs> but this is a, a, a good crowd nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm slowly finding my... My voice, I still have bounds and leaps to go, but it's definitely getting a little bit better. I'm finding myself a little less nervous. I'm meeting people that are telling me, uh, you know, positive things. I'm not saying that everybody's just like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. I've never heard so so many funny things come out of one man's mouth. No, it's nothing like that. Like, they're just saying, hey, that wasn't horrible. You should come back. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I definitely want to uh, talk to a few comics, maybe have a few comics on this show in the next couple of episodes. So uh, definitely tune in for those guys. Uh, I'm going to be having maybe uh, a few of my friends come on the show and uh, show their first times on stage as maybe uh, – and maybe we can critique those things as well as, uh, you know, listen to my horrible nonsense as well and critique that. Because I do like to get second opinions, and especially opinions from people that are doing it as well. It's not cool to get opinions from people that are kind of not in it. I mean, I've had so many people give me advice now that are not comedy writers. They're not com comedians. They're not anything that has to do with, uh, you know, being funny and they're telling me all these things of like, you should tell this joke. You should say this thing. And you're like, why are you giving me tips? <laughs> if I told you I was going to go in the plumbing, you wouldn't suddenly go, hey, you know what you should do? You should use that rubber grommet. Uh, don't forget to get that wax O-ring and blah, blah, blah. You got to sweat those pipes before you go on this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's nobody's going to say that. They're just going to go, oh, okay, so I guess you're working with shit a lot. There, and then just walk away. But with comedy, they'll be like, oh, you know what? Here's a ton of advice. And they automatically also want to hear you tell them a joke right off the bat. And it's like, uh, I'm not in the right forum. I'm just standing here at a party. And now you want me to go into my five-minute routine about how uh, ludicrous religion is. And we're about to watch a religious movie. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> No, but we are we were going to watch a movie and now suddenly, you know, a lot of people want to just, you know, hear uh, what I have to say. And I love it. But it is one of those things where it's like, hey, the right time and place is uh, the best time. And I will say, if you guys are wanting to see me, hit me up and I will let you know when I'm performing at the next open mic or usually it's somewhere in Long Beach or in Orange County or L.A. It's one of those three areas. But uh I don't know. 
I have my reservations about having like my friends come to see me because I'm so green at this moment and it's so hard to guide to find your way to find out what funny is to find out what type of your funny is is and my funny is it's like so hard right now and and once I'm already there of course I would have I'd love to have people come and see me at that moment when I'm like riding this really cool wave of oh, I know this material is really cool and I know that it works and I'm going to just make everybody in this room laugh but at this moment it's like I don't know if this is funny or not I don't have any idea if people are going to laugh or if I'm going to fall straight on my face and I don't want my friends right there in that like will he won't he moment I want him them there when it's like oh yeah of course he is he's he's been a seasoned veteran (laughs) and that's the thing I am not a seasoned veteran at any moment right now and I will tell you it's gonna be a long time before I become one of those people because I feel like the the 10,000 hour rule is really setting in right about now because even though I this set that I have coming up for you guys is a, a decent one in my opinion better than I've had it definitely is nothing like you know a professional <laughs> or anything I mean these jokes still need a lot of work I am barely getting through it most of it is actually crowd work that kind of just went over well um I think in all it's just a good thing to maybe just make fun of good-looking chicks. I think that is the way to go if you want to just get instantly people to laugh really hard. It's just call a really hot chick ugly to her face, and you'll get into that uh, when we get into my open mic recording. But uh, why not uh, just, yeah, let's uh, get into that. How's it going, guys? So, uh, I'm finally coming to terms with the fact that no matter how funny I get and how successful I become as a comedian, I'll never be as funny as if I just accidentally stumbled on stage right now, tripped on this microphone stand, and had it fall on my nuts. I don't know what it is, but accidents are always funnier than than the funniest joke I can ever tell. I don't know what it is, because I have jokes in my head, and I tell my friends all the time, like, all these funny things, and they're like, just shut the fuck up, man. But I fall on my face, and they're laughing for the next ten years. They're just like, remember that time you fell on your face? No. Well, it happened like ten years ago. It was the funniest thing you ever did in your life. Way funnier than all those jokes that I kind of laughed at. In those uh, open mics that you made me go to. Uh, another thing that I've finally uh, kind of come to terms with is the fact that hot chicks always have the most morose face and the shittiest personalities. I don't know why. God has definitely not done anything good for civilization by making only hot chicks have shitty personalities. You'd think that the ugly chicks would have shitty personalities. But the ugly chicks always have great personalities. Like Miss, I'm sure you have a great personality. Right? I'm sorry, you're the only girl I was just looking at. <laughs> but 
the thing about it, is that you always meet ugly chicks, and they have great personalities, and you walk up, or you're just thinking constantly in your head, man, I just wish you were hot. I just wish you were just a little bit hot. Just hotter than me, really. Because I'm not even that attractive. It's not like I'm like wishing she was a 10. I'm just wishing she was like a 6. You know, because I'm at least a 5. I know I'm at least a straight, heterosexual 5. Because I've always been in, in kind of serial monogamous relationships, and I get it. I have a lot of hair right here when it should be kind of up here. And I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. But what really sucks is that moving to Long Beach, I was thinking to myself that if I was a gay man, I'd be not even a five. I'd be like a four, maybe even a three. Because I've seen a lot of gay men around here. The average gay man around here is like an eight, at least. Are there any gay guys in here right now? What do you think I would be, honestly? That's what I'm saying, but I don't care about bears. See, that's a fetish right there. I'm talking about just the average gay guy that's like, yeah, I could do better than that guy. Even, I mean, I could probably suck a mean dick, but even that wouldn't get me above a four. But what's really cool is that in the last year, I've just realized that if I was a, if I could convince you all that I was a transgendered person, I'd be at least an eight. Because if I could convince you all right now that two years ago I used to be a chick, and you were all like, that guy used to be a chick? Wow, that, he looks pretty damn good. Oh, that beard is looking pretty decent. Man, I don't even know like real dudes that could grow a beard that well. And I would totally clean up too if I just showed you my dick right now. Because if I could convince you all on that, that that used to be a vagina, you would definitely be like, oh my god, I need to shake that doctor's hand. He is a sculptor. He is better than Michelangelo. Because I don't know a vagina that could look like that. And, uh... <laughs> On that note, uh, thanks guys for uh, laughing a little bit, and next time I'll be sure to uh, have this microphone hitting the dick. I've just sucked one year of your life away. <laughs> All right, guys, that was it. Wasn't that fabulous? Yeah, I'm sure it was not <laughs> but uh it was a good set i think overall uh there was a few laughs for sure um i do like how the opening uh sets up uh a lot of other things i do think this is all from the truth i mean this is weird about how many times i've had people tell me in vivid detail about the last time they remember me getting hit in the nuts but they can't tell me Anything that I've told them ever in their life about anything funny, not even funny things, but just big things like they can't remember my sister's name, but they can remember that they got that I hit, got hit in the nuts accidentally by a dog when I, you know, was walking uh, up to his house one day. <laughs> and it's so weird how people will always remember 
when people get hit in the nuts, how people get hit in the nuts, and uh, what circumstances, was there a girl involved, whatever. But they can't tell you or recite any jokes or any type of funny limerick or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But people always remember the physicality, the people, like, you know, accidents. It's like what the internet is made of is just fails. It's all these things that were supposed to happen good and it horribly it went horribly wrong and now we're going to laugh uncontrollably because it was somebody getting physically injured in some weird way. And I hate that that's always funnier. I'll admit, too, I laugh my ass off every time I see it happen, too. But it never feels good when it's uh, when you're first starting out and you always think, like, man, this is funnier. Some guy getting hit in the nuts and I'm trying my ass off. I'm trying to uh, hone in on jokes and hone in on materials and just do all these things. And it's like, nope, this is always going to be funnier. Get used to that. <laughs> But then it goes into another gripe of mine, which is hot chicks. I don't know if it was just because I'm not hot. I'd probably have a completely different opinion if I was, in fact, uh, somebody that had a, a, a good physique and chiseled facial features and everything like that. But I don't. I have a lot of rounded features. I have a lot of uh, very smoothed out, very uh, eroded features. <laughs> They're not chiseled. There's no sharp edges or anything like that. There's not one sharp edge on me. <laughs> but I will say that it it is interesting that people are always trying to like seek their own level. You know, and and I always feel like I'm I'm definitely not as attractive as the people that I've been with. <laughs> maybe, probably, there's maybe I might have thrown a few girls uh, a little sympathy uh, vibe. <laughs> and when I say vibe, I mean with my dick. All right, I don't. <laughs> Oh no, but it's it's like one of those things where, you know, I haven't had that opportunity where, you know, I'm 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 having uh you know, I, I did all the right things and I'm hooking up with some ten or just some crazy hot chick. It's never been like that. No, they've all been attractive by any but don't get me wrong, for sure. They've all been very, very attractive. But it's not like I'm saying these girls are models or any type of that. And I'm probably digging myself a huge grave if there's any girlfriends or exes or anybody that's listening to this. But I will say that it's fun to make fun of hot chicks because they don't get made fun of a lot. And it's good to put them in their place here and there. And I like to make fun of ugly chicks too. Don't get me wrong. But... Hot chicks are even more fun because they don't get made fun of. They get a lot of, uh, 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 you're so hot. I bet you don't get asked out a lot because people are so worried about being rejected by you. I bet that's how it's like, right? And they're like, no, I get hot dudes hitting me up all the time. I'm fucking hot. Look at me. <laughs> I don't need to worry about uh, 
any shortage of dudes trying to get me to hook up with them. Nope. It's really quite opposite. I'm hot chick. And I'm pissed off, though, because I'm not really in the sense... Because that's the thing, I think, with hot chicks, is that they they think that they're hot, so they should just be able to get rich just because they're hot. And a lot of times you're like, no, you're hot, but you're going to have to do a little bit more than just sit there and look hot like guys now they're attractive and they're rich so they're gonna say if you want this money you're gonna have to do a little bit more than just show up basically you know you're gonna have to have a personality do something cool and not be pissed off that you're just a waitress or working at target I would always tell every girl, even though you're hot, you're like, you're hot. Who gives a shit where you're working? You're fucking hot. You've made it out in the luck category 90% more than all these other girls that just become fuggos. They're just ugly chicks for some reason. They just were born however they were born, and for some cosmic reason, they were just ugly. And you can't help it. Unless you have a lot of money. But most of those ugly chicks don't. But why would the hot chicks be pissed off? What are they pissed off about? What would... I would... Every time if I was a hot chick and I was so, like, just busty and had a nice ass and whatever, just, just all the fright features, I would just walk outside, walk down the street, and just have guys go, oh, god damn. And then just be like, yep, I still got it. And then walk back back into my house and then just go on with my day and still go, oh, well, at least I'm still hot. At least those two dudes on the corner looked at my titties. And then I would go and have the rest of my day. <laughs> I wish women would be like that. I wish we could just have like, I just like, I, I could just walk down the street, have two girls look at my junk and go, man, I still got it. They're looking at the junk still. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, most girls are not doing that. If anything, they're like, oh, my God, I think he has like an ice cream sandwich in his pack, in his like pants. And that's not a good thing. Like, I think it's melting. It looks like he's shitting out of his front, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, but. It does get a good laugh telling this girl that uh, she had a, a you know probably a great personality because she was ugly, and uh, I'm sure she yeah it was a lot of her friends were there so uh, I'm sure most of those laughs were because uh, a lot of her friends probably were waiting to tell her that a long time ago and they didn't ever got to do so I'm I'm sure they were laughing a lot of frustration out right there because they were probably thinking the same exact thing, but. It does move on to a really good bit that I think I'm going to uh, uh, try to hone in a little bit more. And that's the idea of uh, me being a five uh, as a heterosexual five. And I was I was trying to give myself a low ball. You know, I'm not trying to think I'm a gargoyle, but I'm definitely, you know, not like, you know, Brad Pitt or, or Javier Bardem or whoever. But I don't know who. Maybe that's not a big Javier Bardem. Who's who's wondering about that guy? <laughs> anyway, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not that 
I'm a five. I, I just feel like, yeah, if I probably lost a little weight and I had some hair on the top of my head instead of on the bottom of my head, I would have definitely, you know, maybe a seven on my hands. But that would take some effort, and uh, I'm I'm happy with a five. But I will admit, if I was a gay man, I would definitely be not working out all with any gay man. And that's the problem, is that you would think that gay men would just be like, well, you're a dude, I'm a dude, let's hook up. And you're like, no, that doesn't work. These guys are still looking for attractive dudes, too. Like, they're just like guys. Like, just think of yourself. Like, would you want to date yourself? And if you probably don't, then that means you're a shitty gay guy. You're not an attractive gay man whatsoever. Look in the mirror, and if you say, would I fuck myself, would I suck my own dick, and if you said, oh, God, though, then you're probably not an attractive gay man. (laughs) But that's the thing. I have a, a theory that, you know, if I went into a club... And I said, hey, who would you rather have me? Me or Lance Bass suck your dick? I bet 80% of the people would say Lance Bass. But I'm sure it's only 80% because the other 20, there were the 20% that got their dick sucked by Lance Bass. And they just wanted me because it's some variety in their, in their like, you know, crazy uh, dick sucking life. <laughs> but I just say, like... I just think that Lance Bass, you know, he's the best, maybe. <laughs> Lance, you're the greatest. Anyway. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, that guy even in the back said, like, oh, and you're a bear, too. Which was a real huge gut check because I was like, oh, that means I'm fat, too? I didn't even know I was that overweight. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was a little chubby. But to have somebody also go, oh, yeah, you're a bear as well, I was like, oh, man, that means I'm fat. See, why are you calling me a bear when you should be calling yourself a chubby chaser instead? See, I don't get it. Stop calling the fat person fat. Just call you a fat lover. (laughs) You're the one that loves the fat person. They're just fat. But you don't have to call them fat. Anyway... But I do agree that, like, it is an interesting uh, twist, too, on the uh, transgendered man theory about if I could convince people to think that I was a girl, like, three years ago, they would definitely be like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad that you just decided to turn into a man because I would totally not want to see you as a woman you were probably a fucking ugly woman and that's why you've wanted to become an all right kind of average man <laughs> especially yeah if you could grow a beard and you know i already have kind of like an a cup so you probably didn't have to lose you know much on the like plastic surgery or the re uh you know configuring of the titties or anything so even then you could definitely not have to worry about a lot of stuff so i the most thing would be the junk yeah if i could convince people that it used to be a pussy then it would totally work people would definitely be like wow that guy is looking good i can't even tell that he was a girl a a few years ago it's uncanny how much of a dude he must look like 
And then I can talk about all the crazy things that, like, you know, I grew up with. Like, you know, all, but just change it into girl things. Like, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> I think it's got some work. It's definitely got some, some, some weird uh, things to get the iron out. But I, I do feel this set was not a bomb. And it was definitely a set that I could uh, work off of. And hone in on and try to build on this premise, build on these jokes, and it's just one more thing to go into the arsenal. This is just a building. See, I'm just trying to really build bits and try to work on those bits. And every week or every time I go on stage, you know, you just pick three things that you just want to work on. You maybe work on something that you know you've kind of had a few times to work out. And then you work into something new, something that you kind of have never really thought about. And then you kind of work into something that you really know is good and that you've kind of had a few times to hear it laugh get the beats and then you kind of close and you're like, all right, maybe I I can, you know, have another stage or another set to uh, hone three more bits. And I think that's really what I've learned is the structure of a standup routine is how long certain bits last, how long uh, five minutes is, how long 10 minutes is, you know, it's, it's really uh, easy to do it with a, a clock right in front of your face, but it's another thing to just feel it, to just know like, oh yeah, that's been about five minutes and oh yeah, the light's about to come on. That makes sense because a lot of times on these early sets, I would just ramble and just go off onto these random tangents. And then sooner or later, I would just see the light and be like, what? Half the stuff I haven't said yet. I'm already now getting told to get off stage. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, yeah. As soon as I see the light, I'm like, yep. Is, I, I'm, a, I'm uh, pretty much have all I, I needed to say right there and I will now go off into the moonlight and drink my worries away <laughs> but I will admit that these are getting better I'm having a, a fun time it's not fun in the sense of like you know getting a blowjob but it is fun in the sense of failure is not the end of the world in this world in this comedy world failure is just the proof that you just need to work harder and the that just shows you that they're not going to come easy this isn't coming for free people aren't going to just laugh they're wanting to laugh they're going to be with you they're going to expect you to try to be funny but they're not going to just say well you said two words, now I'm going to just instantly laugh. Or you made a punchline, and now suddenly I'm going to chuckle. It's not that at all. They're there for laughing, but it has to some come It has to come from a, gen, a genuine place. And I'm finally getting there. So, on that note, I should definitely end it with a, a little bit more of maybe... Uh, I'll, I'll bring out Axl Rose... And show you what it's all about. Alright guys. Two, three, four. Well, let me just warm up. Ooh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. 
Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of This Comics Live right here with your host, me, the D. Williams. That's right. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, that's the D Stories. That's T H E D Stories at twitter.com. Or you can go on Instagram and follow me at This Comics Live or go on Facebook at This Comics Live as well. So write me as well, or you can uh, do whatever you need to do to follow me. But please definitely hit me up next week. It'll be another great episode. And hopefully uh, tell a friend that you enjoy me. And if you do want to see me again at any of these open mics, hit me up and I will tell you where I'll be in the uh, future and past. Uh, You can just find out on your own. Anyway, thanks again, guys. And peace out. My ball, 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 